Hello to all, and all are welcome. Now, in all honesty, I hope you felt as nostalgic for that sound as I did. If you are familiar with that sound, you would understand, you know, where it comes from and the port and the importance of that show or that sound to our generation. Now, I just revealed it was a show, but the, the title of that show, um, I would say that uh, many, well, I, I wouldn't say many, but uh, some, some very recognizable names came from that show. You know, uh, I'm going to start naming names, and maybe you can kind of guess, guess the show if you don't recognize the sound. But we have, uh, I think, Aubrey Graham Drake. Right, uh, we have uh, Vampire Diaries, Nina DeBrev. Gosh, I was hoping to like smooth right through this, but there's, there's, uh, wow, uh, 90210. Forgive me, I, I don't know her. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say Sinead Grimes, but that, that's probably bad. And if she listens to this, I hope I'm not in trouble. But yeah, if if uh, if you uh, if you know these names, you know that sound, then you know the name of the title, which is Degrassi. And uh, you know that's that's a very comfortable topic for me. Because one thing about Degrassi is very much how I try to envision life which is through a sense of variance. What I mean by variance is that there's so much difference in nature that it hasn't even all been documented yet. You know, according to science, there are so many species that have yet to be found. You know, I'm going to be honest, I don't know the exact number of those species that have yet to be found, but if they haven't been found, uh, or they're not known to be out there. We can't really say how many species, but then again, I might be saying it wrong. It could be how many species were discovered, and even then I don't have the number to that. But that's how diverse this planet is. That's almost how, we, we can even say that's how diverse this universe is. You know, everything in the universe has something different about it. Uh, from the grains of sand, you know, and from the grains of sand, to snowflakes, to fingerprints, to DNA between twins. You know, um, this is how different we are, but yet we are still alive to some extent. You know, we're able to uh, uh, live around one another, you know, we're able to uh, share in meals and conversations and knowledge and uh, whatnot with each other. You know, we're able to do all of this even though there are differences. You know, because uh, in this world or in this uh, universe, strictly science speaking, non-spiritual, but in this universe, uh, we see that these differences are actually the building blocks of all that there is 
because with every variation that we discover, we learn that there is much more that we do not know, which then sparks innovation and ingenuity and uh, creation to some extent and advancement. You know, this is where all of our uh, progress comes from, is finding difference in things. You know, and uh, that's what I love about Degrassi, is that Degrassi is almost, it is such a carefully designed show that pinpointed so many aspects of reality, but done so through the lens of, you know, adolescent youths. You know, which um, I share the age with many of them, I believe, or I share the same age group as many of them. So it was almost like uh, when I was watching Degrassi, it was almost like I was watching classmates. Not even classmates. I don't even know how you put it, but it just felt like I was on this journey with them. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what these differences are. You know, they range from anything from uh, ethnic diversity to uh, athletic ability, you know, uh, personality, uh, style, looks, hair, you know, all of that, right down to sexuality. And whereas the rest of the world were not ready to confront such topics, Degrassi handled it with ease. So, I learned a lot from that show. It inspired me because that became the show I looked forward to. Every single season, um, admittedly I didn't watch every show, you know, episode due to the fact, you know, my upbringing. Um, I was very uh, nervous about what I watched because I didn't know how my household would react. But I'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. But yes, Degrassi was that show that I looked forward to. You know, every time I got home from school, I went to Degrassi, which is probably why I failed my classes. Hmm. Anyway, so I went to Degrassi. It was just something I looked forward to. You know, why? I wanted to know what was new. And I think uh, when I really started getting into Degrassi, it was uh, back in my sophomore year of high school. And uh, I was uh, in theater. You know, I, I, I had this, uh, actually I was uh, doing a lot of performing arts during my sophomore year. I think I just made the dance team uh, I joined choir, or maybe that was the year after, I'm not sure. Uh, and then I joined uh, the or theater, and then I wanted to extend it. So whereas most people have six periods, I had seven. You know, because um, I've, I've always loved the arts. I just, uh, you know, never had the means to pursue it the way that I wanted to. And so here I am today. Uh, I'm no longer uh, in the arts, so to say. Um, but yeah, but I always, I was, I was, this is, this is what I remember the most, but I was in uh, theater, I was in drama, and uh, 
there was this episode with Adamo Ruggiero. Many of you, if you know his name, you may know him as Marcos on the show. Uh, but something about him just was different that drew my attention. And every single time he had an episode, I had to watch it because something about his character was just so unique. I just couldn't figure it out. You know, it, you know, it just I, I couldn't figure out why I was drawn to this guy. You know what I mean? And uh, there was this episode. Uh, I skipped a lot of episodes. So if I tell you my discoveries, you're going to... It may not make sense to you because it may have ha happened much after the fact that it was already evident. You, you, you'll get it. But uh, I, I missed... I had to go back and rewatch episodes in my own time when they came on. I had to find them. The internet back then was not the best. But yes. Uh, so... Uh, uh, it was Adamo Ruggiero, and there was this one episode where uh, he was in a theater class, I believe. He was on a stage production, and uh, he kissed a guy. And I remember everything around me stopped because, the, you know, I never really saw that before. You know, I never really knew what that was. And I know to a lot of people now, they're, they're probably in disbelief, you know, but I grew up, you know, in a very conservative religion. And I'm not saying conservative in a negative because this is not a negative religion at all. This is a, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I did grow up in a very conservative religion, so much was withheld from my eyes. And uh, Degrassi, for the most part, was supposed to be withheld from my eyes as well. But I, I watched it anyway. And so that episode, uh, I don't know, it did something to me. It, uh, it sparked something that was always there, but I didn't understand. And watching that episode, it allowed me to understand a little bit about myself. Now fast forward to 2020, I am asexual and I am an adult male no, cis male and I am proud as an asexual I am comfortable with my label you know what I mean that you know I'm calling it a label but I also let people know that it's how I identify you know and sometimes I, I feel more comfortable with saying I identify as asexual because I know there are many people who do not believe it is a thing and um, it, it will take some time it, you know, it's not really, you know, it, you know, I'm pretty sure many of us understand. Those who identify as asexual, they understand. Because at the end of the day, um, you know what I mean, they're not really seeking your attention. You know what I mean? So you, in disbelief, it really doesn't matter to them. Because if, you know, if someone, um, you know, you, if, if the, the relationship will not work unless both parties want to. In, you know what I mean, and so that's the case with asexual. Most of us, we don't mind, but you know, we will provide information upon request. But yeah, um, in my earlier years, um, I saw that episode and I started realizing uh, my draw to the same sex. You know what I mean? Not so. It, it was weird because at first I didn't know much about it. I've always been. I've always had a like a, a feminine draw to my voice 
just naturally. Um, people at school used to th think I added an A to my name because I used to drop my vowels, the, the tone of my vowels very low. So it would be like um, uh, candy, right? There's a high sound, candy. Um, and so if I drop the sound after the E, which is the I or the Y, I would get candia, you know, and that's, that's, what, that's what was going on with my voice. And my voice was also very similar, you know, unintentionally to that of uh, the, the, the most famous, the more famous uh, celebrities at the time. You call them influencers now, but we just called them celebrities. But it was uh, Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, uh, The Heels, Baldwin Hills, all of this real world, you know, and I, I had the creaky voice, a linguistic term. Um, and so I, I was always perceived to be feminine. And I guess you can say I am feminine. I, I accept my femininity. I also accept my masculinity because there is duality in everything. But yes, I, I saw that and I started realizing my same sex like you know my my my, my same sex uh, I guess you can say attraction and I'll explain that a little bit later my same sex my attraction to the same sex and so I became curious and I started I, you know I, I started wondering what did things look like what did uh, what would they feel like so fast forward a little bit you know for I mean fast forward some years you know I, I did a lot of exploration and questioning and I finally brought myself here today you know but if it wasn't for Degrassi you know it, it's not even if it wasn't for Degrassi but Degrassi definitely helped it definitely helped and I, I'm here today and I'm knowledgeable of the fact of who I am as a person because I allowed myself to take in you know the structure of these well-written shows that, you know, address real world concerns, you know, real world issues. Because, you know, another, this will be another topic of a, a podcast, but I'll just touch on it briefly. But sometimes, you know, if, if you don't understand something, you know, why not just sit back and wait for, you know, the, the solution to show itself if it's, that's, if it's so hard to understand. But I know homophobia is a thing, you know, and immediately I do have my experiences with homophobia. And even now, you know, identify as, identifying as asexual, I get um, kind, of, uh, kind of backlash from both sides. Both sides think I'm lying, and it's kind of, it, it's kind of problematic. Um, and I kind of just have to sit back after that. But... You know, if you think about the psychological effects of homophobia, you really have to consider, you know, what's going on in the picture. What are you doing? Are you, what are you seeking? You know what I mean? Because the child is just the child. Yes, there are different levels of uh, intelligence seen in chi children, but in a general sense, uh, the child is still a child. He's still, or she, or that child, um, I'm, excuse me for labeling it with a gender, but um, that child 
That child has yet to understand the world completely. And here you are, you know, being angry at something they don't even understand themselves. You know what I mean? And in a way, they want to know, you know, what is the source of this hate? And so they seek information that is, may not be the best, but they don't, you know, they're at a stage where they make mistakes and they are learning. But when, you know, you as the first person of communication is the first person to tell them who they are is uh, vile and destructive, then I don't know if you are aware of the psychological consequences. You know what I mean? And this is my honest opinion, which is also another podcast topic. I don't think it is healthy to associate children with sexuality to begin with. Because it isn't until the first stages of puberty where hormones and sexual instincts start showing their face. Because for the most part, I've um, from, you know, from myself and uh, my nieces and nephews, you know what I mean? When you tell them they like the opposite sex, they say, ew, gross, she has cooties. So, I, you know, I do not think it is, uh, it doesn't make sense to couple children with sexuality. Um, that is a discovery phase, you know what I mean? Um, and sorry, a lot of people are going to hate me for this. I hope I do not get canceled, canceled culture and other po podcasts. But um, I have to slightly disagree with you're born that way. I know, I know, I know. It sounds ridiculous. I'm so sorry. But I have to disagree with you're born that way. But I also do not agree that you have a choice. What an oxymoron. But if you're willing, you know, uh, subscribe to my podcast or follow me or keep up to date somehow and uh, hopefully you come across that episode soon but we'll get back on the original topic but we'll, we just one step backwards but homophobia has a lot of psychological effects you know what I mean and uh, you have to really think about your actions you know what I mean to some sense and then even further back you know what I mean it helps to have you know, information or guidance or something to look at, to reference to yourself, to say, I'm learning something. You know what I mean? That's where Degrassi comes in. You know, this flawless ability to attach point A to point Z. You know, take a step forward, uh, point A to point ZX. You know what I mean? Which is much further away than Z. And so, and, and Degrassi was able to, you know, tie those points together. And I know these are, uh, here's a few points. Social media, I guess you couldn't say was really huge during that time. Because I believe Facebook began in 2008. And I don't think I was in high school at the time. I think at that time it was MySpace. But MySpace was not, it was, uh, I don't think I've seen it in an episode of Degrassi. But I also know that AOL Messenger AIM, AIM was a thing, I think, and I'm not sure about Kick. Kick was, I think is relatively new, but social media was, I don't think it became relevant until later episodes of Degrassi, but then I started to fall away from that because I started losing the connection. But back to the point, um, Degrassi touches on, uh, you know, you know, areas of, uh, I guess, athletics, 
you know, and masculinity and sensitive topics such as health, uh, pertaining both to uh, physical health, whether it deals with, you know, being in shape, out of shape, um, behavioral conditions, you know what I mean? You know, health that has to deal with longevity and mortality, uh, such as that of uh, terminal diseases such as cancers, terminal illness such as cancers, uh, and, you know, other health forms such as mental health, you know what I mean, where we can see Craig not understanding, you know, why he's feeling a certain way about his father, you know what I mean, his father's dead and he didn't have a relationship with him while he was alive, why is he feeling these emotions, you know what I mean, uh, and, you know, it, they addressed his, uh, you know, his bipolar, bipolar disorder, you know, and they addressed Emma's eating disorder, you know, they addressed Sean's, uh, I should have said spoiler alert, uh, but they addressed Sean's problem, you know what I mean, they even addressed, you know, mental health as it pertains to uh, domestic violence, we see that with uh, Rick and... I, you know, I, I, Tracy, tr tr Trinity, Trinity, but there was domestic violence there, and uh, she got really hurt, you know, and so it, it addressed that, you know, and in a very careful sense, because even when something happens to a character, they are not beyond uh, salvation. To some, like, you know, they're not beyond salvation. The, the writers draw real-life connections to those hoping to seek salvation. You know, Rick, later on in the episode, this is where, this is much of us where we know about Drake, you know, Aubrey Graham. Um, and uh, him and Rick had an ordeal that left uh, situations and you know, very, uh, very critical moments, you know, very critical and in a very critical state. Same thing happened to JT. You know what I mean? These are, these are real life situations. And Degrassi was able to go there and here and there and do it all over again and not trip. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, you know, being inspired by the show and being here now, always looking to learn something new, always expanding, you know, whatever information, because I know I don't know everything. I know near, I, I don't know close to anything. I mean, any, you know, anything at all, everything at all. Or any, wow. I don't know everything at all. Wow, that was a tongue twister. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning, you know what I mean? Uh, I've always wanted to learn, a, a, you know, be fluent in a, another language. You know, I've always wanted to brush up on my geography because it sucks. You know, I know nothing about sports and uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, there, there's just so much that I don't know, you know, but Degrassi is much like, you know, you know, me being inspired by Degrassi, Degrassi is much like, you know, how I view my mind. You know, it's, it has this ability to be expansive. 
You know what I mean? And I think that applies to everyone's mind. You just have to turn on your system. You know, uh, but expansive, like a computer, but more intelligent. Because humans are smarter than computers. And, you know, that, that part, I really don't know why we've even felt comfortable with that type of thinking. And I love technology. I love the conceptual technology. But, uh, you know, but in, you know, not in a sense to say this or that, but if we started thinking about our minds as a computer that has the capability to download information, then without the, you know, the, the data limit or the memory limit, but if we can download information, I see that if you can think about your computer, I mean, your, your, your mind similar to that of a computer, um, then you can consider, you know, yourself to be, an, you know, someone who can acquire information or the necessary information or the information that you seek just by pushing yourself towards that objective, you know. Uh, but yes, Degrassi was very much like that. It... It, uh, it touched on a lot of subjects, but it never blocked itself out. It always kept its, uh, it, it's always kept its state of expansiveness. And so it grew. I'm not sure if it's still growing, but I've seen uh, kind of like uh, clips of it or, you know, not trailers or whatnot, but like I've seen it a few times on like, like scrolling through Netflix. So I'm not really sure of the state of it, but I think Degrassi is in another generation now um, because their subjects are more related to what this, this younger generation is going through now. You know, it's very different than what we faced, uh, which barely even 10 years ago, but it's dramatically different. You know what I mean? Um, yes, very, very, very different. And, uh, you know, Degrassi holding on to this sense of expansiveness, you know, it allowed for you know, viewers to always acquire new knowledge about something, whether they knew they were learning or not, you know, because it taught you about yourself. It taught you about the world the same way that I, I didn't see two guys kiss on a television show. It's the same way that you may have not seen something else in Degrassi, but you know, just like you can always come across something different and diverse and degrassy, you know, it's the same in life. You know, if we keep that expansiveness to our mind, maybe we can just look at all of our experiences as uh, points of learning. You know what I mean? Because if we automatically react to a negative thing to every single, you know, moment we come across, then are we benefiting ourselves? Are you benefiting um, the person you're coming across? What are you doing? Are you blocking off your ability to learn from it? You know, if you close off things before you get a chance to gain any information, you just, it's almost like a closed, uh, I mean, a, a circuit that's cut too short. I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. I don't work in robotics, but just, you know, just a, not a, like not a full circuit. You know, it stops short. And that's, that's what's going on. You're not learning from the situation. Instead, you know, every person we come across, every moment that we face, good or bad, 
you know, everything we read or view or see, take it as a moment to learn about yourself. Take it as a moment to learn how you react to things about yourself or things not about yourself. And if you react a certain way, what does that say about yourself? You know what I mean? Uh, what does that say about the person involved? How can you look at it from the point of the entire world? How can you look at it from the point of, uh, say, stories and fiction, nonfiction, creative fiction, supernatural fiction? You're tapping into everything, but you're allowing your mind to be expansive. And you're taking in these experiences that are new and different and variant every single day, and you're learning from them. So uh, that in, that concludes our podcast today. But you know, just some closing words. Just really, just just take the moment to learn and uh, navigate in a way that shows that you want to learn and grow. Uh, and if not, that's okay. That's okay. Because you get to decide how you want to live your life. You know, that, that is your ultimate power. Hold on to that. So, thank you. Um, once again, if you want to hear any of those topics that I brought up earlier in this uh, podcast, uh, follow, subscribe, share with your, your friends. That would really be amazing. Um, share with your colleagues, you know, uh, yeah, so goodbye to all, and may all be well.